This is The Guardian. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been in Europe this week, it won't have passed you by that the weather has been extreme. Well, good afternoon. We start with a new UK record temperature that has been set this afternoon at Heathrow Airport. 40.2 degrees was recorded and temperatures could still climb further later this afternoon. It seems like the climate crisis is staring us in the face. And yet governments around the world aren't taking the action that's desperately needed. The United States is one of the world's biggest polluters, as well as supposedly one of the countries leading the way in the fight against climate change. We're going to get back into the Paris Agreement, back into the business of leading the world. But events in recent weeks mean Joe Biden's grand plan to build back better on climate seems to be unravelling. Last week, his attempts to get his climate pledges through Congress were dealt a bitter blow by one of his own Democrat senators. Senator Manchin told party leaders that he will not currently support a proposal for new climate change spending or tax hikes on businesses and wealthy Americans. Activists and scientists are calling it a death knell for the US's ability to take action on climate change. But that's not all. This comes just weeks after a landmark Supreme Court case in the US that Biden described as devastating for emissions targets. It's a double whammy. Even one of these alone would have set back significantly the ability of the U.S. to meet its Paris Agreement. Today, I'm speaking to Elizabeth Bomberg, Professor of Environmental Politics, about how significant these latest developments are and what options remain for Biden to keep his campaign promises. I'm Ian Sample, The Guardian's science editor, and this is Science Weekly. Elizabeth, what happened last week is in relation to Biden's Build Back Better plan. Remind us what that is. Well, the Build Back Better plan was 
part of a massive COVID recovery collection of bills designed to transform the U.S. economy from a fossil fuel-based one to clean energy sources. So including uh, subsidies for electronic vehicles, solar panels, including all kinds of things to get people working away from fossil fuel jobs and transitioning into clean energy jobs. So it was an absolute crucial part of Biden's overall pledge to meet the climate targets, to let the U.S. again be a leader on climate change. So it was a very important bill. And Joe Manchin, the West Virginia Democrat Center, he's refused to support more funding on climate action. Why is that important? So this is a bill that was passed in the House, the lower house of the Congress, but needed to be passed by the upper house, the Senate. And uh, the Senate, which has 100 members, is split literally down the middle, 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. So for anything to get passed, you need every single Democrat on board. So uh, Joe Manchin is from West Virginia. That's a very conservative state. Uh, It's also a state with a long history of coal. Coal is part of its culture. Joe uh, Manchin also is himself a huge beneficiary from the fossil fuel industries. So uh, he is in this odd position of, yes, being a, a Democrat, but a very conservative one and one who has often not gone along with climate plans. So Joe Manchin has a very clear conflict of interest here. But what are the reasons he gives for this decision he made? He doesn't mention those reasons that uh, you and I were just discussing. He puts this in terms of fears about inflation and fears about energy costs. And certainly both these issues, these are hugely important for voters, not just in West Virginia, but across the U.S. and indeed elsewhere as well. This latest development with Manchin is a a bit of blow to Biden's climate policy, and it comes only weeks after a US Supreme Court ruling that also centres on West Virginia and the Environmental Protection Agency. What was that court case about? Who was fighting over what? Yeah, this court case was uh, about how much power can a federal agency, in this case, the Environmental Protection Agency, How much power should they uh, have? And those bringing the case, which included conservative legal scholars, fossil fuel companies, chief uh, attorneys of conservative coal-based states, they were worried that the EPA would go too far in, in regulating, that they would move beyond narrow, saying you cannot emit more than X amount of uh, soot into more transformative change. So the the court, now the conservative court, sided with the plaintiffs. So it essentially curbed significantly the ambition of what the EPA could do through its regulation. So when you combine this with what happened with Joe Manchin and his stance, what is the end result? What is the sort of combined impact of these two events we've had? 
the combined impact is probably one of the worst months for Biden's climate plans and for U.S. leadership on climate. It's a double blow. Even one of these alone would have set back significantly the ability of the U.S. to meet its Paris Agreement. But when you put them together, what they mean is that national action to address the climate change and the climate crisis will be quite limited. What are the tools that, if any, that Biden has left at his disposal if he wants to try and push through some nationwide action on climate or environmental issues? The court ruling that we spoke about, it it doesn't remove the power of the regulatory agency. It's just, again, it can't be as transformative as it needs to be. So Biden has pledged just last week, I'm going to step up executive action in other ways. We are not giving up this fight. And one of the things we've already seen and something that the executive still does have power over is, say, the regulation of vehicle emissions. And uh, the EPA is already now writing new regulations to curb or rein in tailpipe emissions. It can do that. And that will make a difference and help accelerate, hopefully, the transition to uh, electric vehicles. It can also regulate other pollutants like soot. But a really important one for climate is methane. In the U.S., there's huge emissions of methane just from leaks from oil and gas drilling sites. So it's also introduced regulations to clean up and fix those leaks. So there's small things. None of these will be, the again, the transformation that we need because, of course, we don't, as your listeners know, we don't have time for these kind of piecemeal bit by bit, but they are a step in the right direction. The latest report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change this year led scientists to call for this now or never dash to a low carbon economy. I mean, we don't have much time left to act to prevent the worst effects of the climate crisis. What do you think needs to happen now? The scientists are absolutely correct that we need to act now to avoid the very worst, really horrid, horrid consequences, uh, heat waves beyond what anyone might be experiencing uh, recently and unbelievable consequences. We need to take action, but it doesn't mean that if we can't make dramatic action, we, we shouldn't take any action at all. One of my favorite uh, scientists, I know that you've featured her on your podcast, is Catherine Hayhoe. She, to me, has the right attitude, which is every move, every degree, every fraction of a degree matters. We make every little move we can and we just build momentum that way. So I'm with Catherine Hayhoe on that one. Elizabeth, it's hard to hear these stories, to read about all of this and and keep up any hope for how we're going to deal with these issues, which aren't just problems for our lifetime, problems for obviously generations to come. Are there things that individuals can do, even if it's not happening at the country level? Absolutely. And the ability of individuals to act is what should really keep us 
from the swirl of despair. But it's not just up to the individuals, it's much more up to the collective. So individuals working together. So working together through groups that are pushing for change or working through the political system, working through voting. But the third action that I think is absolutely crucial is just do talk about climate change, not as doom and gloom, but as something that we can take uh, action on, how it links to everything in our lives and how taking positive action on climate change is positive action full stop for a cleaner environment, a safer environment, a more hospitable place to work and ways to get around. So talk about in the environment and uh, climate, do something about it. And that's how we're going to bring around the more transformative change we need. Elizabeth, many thanks for coming on and taking us through all of this. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks much for having me. Thank you to my guest, Elizabeth Bomberg. We've put a link to the Science Weekly episode that Elizabeth mentioned featuring Catherine Hayhoe on the podcast webpage. And we've also put a link to Tuesday's episode of The Guardian's Today in Focus, which I really recommend, on what it will take for the UK to adapt to the extreme heat we've seen this week. Plus, if this episode and recent events have got you feeling anxious about the climate crisis, we'll be doing an episode on how to combat eco-anxiety very soon. And that's it for today. The producer was George Cooper, with additional production from Anand Jagatir. The sound design was by Tony Onachuku, and the executive producer was Lorna Stewart. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.